How many of you remember the conversation growing up with your parents about the birds and the bees? Okay, take a moment to process the fact that I just asked you that question. I'm sure none of you were expecting that. I remember when my mom had that conversation with me and I do not look back with fondness. I remember wanting to be anywhere other than having that conversation with her. But to my mom's credit, while I'm sure she wasn't particularly enjoying that experience either, she talked about it because she knew it was important to talk about. Now, there are two reasons that I bring this up, and the first is to uh, bring, uh, connect with the topic of my sermon, which is about sex. Because despite the fact that today is All Saints Sunday, I'm going to be focusing on our reading from 1 Thessalonians. Now, we can just all get it out of the way, right? This is an awkward conversation, and it's kind of uncomfortable. But, and this is the main reason I bring, uh, share that story, like my mom, who didn't enjoy having that conversation, she did it because it was important to have. And so that's why we're having this conversation today, too. Now, I, I want to let you in on, uh, into my pastor brain for a moment. This topic is one that has been on my heart for, for almost two years, just feeling the need to talk about it in some way. Not because there's rampant sexual sin amongst the congregation members, but because this topic is so prevalent in our world today. Whether we like it or not, the world, the, the culture, it, it catechizes people. In other words, it teaches people. So, we need to hear what God has to say. We need to be taught by God on this topic. Because I, I know for many Christians, they might not even know what's right or wrong regarding sexuality. I know at least in the Lutheran church, unfortunately, we don't talk about this topic nearly at all. It, it makes me think back to something one of my professors at the seminary said, if we aren't going to talk about these hard but important topics here in the church, people will find somewhere else to talk about it. If we're not going to give answers to these important topics, people will find those answers from somewhere else. We need to talk about these topics here in the church. Now, as we begin, I want to make it very clear that I only have one goal, and that is to speak the truth about God's word on sexuality. It's not to judge anybody's sexual sins. It's not to rally you against any specific group. It is to speak the truth from a Christian perspective. In verse 3 of our text from 1 Thessalonians, Paul says this, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. There's a lot to unpack there. So, God's will for our sanctification or, or our holiness is to abstain from sexual immorality. So when we think about our sanctification, in other words, when we think about the process of the Holy Spirit making us to look more like Jesus and less like our sinful self, one of the things that God wills for us is to lead sexually pure and decent lives. Now, you might be thinking, what is a sexually pure and decent life? The answer is really quite simple. That God's gift of sex be used between one man and one woman who are married. Right? Pretty straightforward. But that's not what the world teaches. 
What is taught in society is that if you want to get married, if you want to just have one partner, that's fine. That's not the only way. I'm sure many of you have heard this in, in some form or fashion, but I've, I've heard this so many times. People say some variation of just do what makes you happy, right? Do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting anybody. Society would not dare try to impose any kind of restrictions when it comes to sexuality. Society preaches, do whatever you want. If you want to be with somebody of the same gender, that's fine. If you want to change genders, that's fine. If you want to watch pornography, that's fine. If you want to hook up with random strangers, just be safe, but that's fine. If you want to fantasize about people, that's fine. You want to sleep with or move in together with somebody you're not married to, not only is that fine, but that's normal. I could go on, but you get what I'm saying. There are so many things that society preaches that stray from God's will, God's desire and design for sexuality. But many people don't care what God has to say. They only seek to do what makes them happy, right? But friends, these things that make someone happy are not true lasting happiness. And if that happiness does last a while, it comes at the cost of damaging your soul. We'll talk more about that later. Now as we shift gears, I, I want to focus on why is it that we listen to God about sex in the first place? Especially in a society that affirms the individual, that affirms pursuing whatever makes you happy. Why listen to God? It gets to a very simple reason. God is the creator of everything, including marriage, including sex. We see in Genesis 1 what God's desire and design for marriage and sex are. In the garden, before there was sin, God made Adam and God made Eve, and they were united as one. And God gave them the command to be fruitful and multiply. That is God's desire. It's the purpose of sex, to be used in marriage for procreation. And that's really important because this establishes the pattern that God, as the creator, intends. As the creator, does he know what's best? Obviously, yes. And, and so the question is not does, not, does God know what's best? It's, are we going to listen to him? Are we going to let God dictate how we live our lives, or are we going to let ourselves or society do that? Here's how I talk about it when I teach confirmation, especially with the Ten Commandments, but really specifically with the Sixth Commandment. Who gets to decide what's right and wrong? Is it up to each individual person, or is it up to the one who created everything? Because if it's up to me, well, I'm looking at a whole lot of me's in this room right now, and there are a lot more me's outside of these walls. And so, uh, and, and with each one of these me's, we have, in, we have our own opinions and ideas about what's right and wrong. And so if one person says this is right, but the other person says no, it's not, not both people can be right. By definition, if there are conflicting opinions, they both can't be right. Or 
is up to God, the one who made everything, the one who designed and created marriage, the one who designed and created sex. Since he's the creator, then maybe he should be the one who decides what's right and wrong. Maybe we should listen to him. Maybe we should listen to his commandments. And, and when we think about the commandments, like that, that's why we listen to them. That's why we listen to God. Because he is all-powerful. Because he is all-knowing and he created everything. So he gives us his commandments uh, to help us know what his will is. If God did not give us his commandments, then we would all be left to wonder what God's will is, what is right and what is wrong. Without God's commandments, each person could say this is right and no one else could make any dispute about it. But God does give us his commandments. He does tell us what is right and what is wrong because he actually knows. He knows what is right and wrong, what is good and evil. So God gives us his commandments so that we know what is right and wrong. But he also gives us his commandments in order to protect us as well. So going back to what the world says about sexuality, many say that in order to be happy, in order to be truly fulfilled, you should pursue whatever desires you have. Many of those same people would say that when it, when it comes to Christians, that following some archaic book is crazy. And that following the Bible only makes your life worse. Now, I'm sure we've all experienced different rules or different laws in our life that we don't always like. But it's important to be reminded that when God puts his laws into place, he does it because he knows better. And he intends them to be used for our good. So why does God want sex to be used in marriage only? To protect the teenage girl who gives in to her pressuring boyfriend and then feels immense emptiness and guilt afterwards, knowing that she shouldn't have done that. Why does God want sex to be used in marriage only? Because a husband or wife who has an affair not only decimates the relationship with their spouse, but it destroys the family. Why does God want sex to be used in marriage only? Because people who are not committed to each other are a lot more likely to have an abortion if the woman becomes pregnant. So not only is God protecting unborn life, but he's also protecting those parents from the potential future guilt. Why does God want sex to be in marriage only? Because the porn industry has grown so much and has created such an appetite that there are tens of thousands of girls being forced into slavery all the while enslaving those who watch and are addicted to it. Why does God want sex to be in marriage only? Because he knows that it is a deep emotional connection and it is not something that should be used loosely or with multiple partners. Why does God want sex to be in marriage only? Because he's the one who created our bodies. He's the one who created sex, and he is the one who knows best. And he says that it is to be used in marriage. Friends, God's laws are not meant to restrict us. They're meant to protect us. 
We, as those who know the creator, who know the heart and the desire of the creator, it's our responsibility to uphold that truth. But more than just uphold that truth, it is also our responsibility to think and act purely. Right? Because all this talk so far, most of this talk so far has been about actions, actions that you commit. But leading sexually pure and decent lives goes beyond just actions. Satan would love for you to leave these doors today thinking that sexual sins are only physical. But it's also your heart. God cares about your heart. No matter how old you are, all of God's commandments apply to us. Pharisees in, in Jesus' day treated the commandments like a, like a checklist. Look at the sixth commandment and say, well, I'm not married, so I can't technically commit adultery, so I'll just I'll check that one off the list. But Jesus says, if you look lustfully at a woman, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. And listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter 2.11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Notice, sinful desires, not just actions, wage war against your soul. We need to take that very seriously. Look, God, God cares about us. He doesn't give us his commandments to make our lives boring. Think of it this way. Just, just as a parent puts rules over their children, they do so because they know better, because they want to care and to protect their children. Same way as God. But similarly to parents' rules, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you understand, like, or agree with the commandments. You listen to them because they're your parents. They're the ones who are in charge of you. So even if you don't understand, like, or agree with God's laws in general, but especially about sexuality, we still ought to listen to them. And look, I know that can be hard to do, especially in a world that is hyper-sexualized. Paul even acknowledges that this is hard to do when he says, each of you must know how to control his own body. You don't need to say anything if it's an easy thing to control. But look, we, we sometimes forget that when Jesus calls us to follow him, that it's not an easy thing to do. If we are trying to follow him, it means that we are to deny ourselves and our sinful desires. And, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we are to resist temptation to sin. Following Jesus is more than just going to church on Sunday. It's more than just reading your Bible. It's more than just praying Following Jesus means the sinful parts of our lives, the parts that don't align to his will, we need to seek to change those things. Like I said, I, I know it's not easy. We live in a world that sells sex everywhere, that tells you whatever you want, you can have. But we are called to holiness, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. As Paul says in Romans 12, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We cling to and rely upon God's word and God's will for how we think about sexuality, not upon the patterns of this world. 
Now, before I end, I want to say something that I, I hope you guys already know. Even when we don't follow God's desire for sexuality, even when we sin uh, sexually, those sins, the same as any other, are forgiven when they are brought with a remorseful and repentant heart to Jesus. In fact, we are also to even show love to those who mock God's design for sex. Now, is the gift of sex intended for marriage? Yeah. Is there forgiveness when someone fails? Absolutely. Should we sin willfully knowing that God will just forgive those sins? By no means. In verse 5, Paul says that we are to abstain from sexual immorality and not be in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. We are called to be different. We are called to look and live differently from those who do not know God. Let us cling to the truth of God's word. Let us seek to deny ourselves and follow Christ. Let us seek to do what makes us holy rather than what is just easy or makes us happy. All this for the sake of our witness to a world who is dying without Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for uh, your, your rules. Lord, we thank you that we are not left to wonder what is right or what is wrong. We thank you that you, knowing all, knowing what's best for us, have set rules in place, not to make our lives boring, to, but to love us and protect us and care for us. God, help us to cling to your commandments. Help us to love your commandments. God, help us to, to be different in a world that is, is so focused on us and on doing what we want. Help us to do what you want. Help us to seek to be holy rather than just doing what makes us happy. God, give us strength and help us to do these things. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand as we continue with our next song.